This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no E's dot com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Transpersonal Radio with Angela Lynn Gibson. Remember, your thoughts upload your reality. Think wisely and always prepare to ignite. Welcome. Welcome to Transpersonal Radio. Transpersonalradio.com. Real talk for real life. Inspiring podcasts. Exploring personal empowerment. empowerment. And transformation. Through parapsychology, spirituality, and how your thoughts Up. upload your reality. And now your host, Angela. Angela L. Gibson. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Steve Schoen an accomplished professional voice actor and audio producer who created my new intro and outro for Transpersonal Radio. Steve is based out of the Sacramento, California area. If you'd like to hire Steve for voiceover work, you can find him at soundsofmyvoice.com. That's sounds with an S, soundsofmyvoice.com. Steve is also an event entertainer and wedding DJ. If you want to liven up your event with a truly talented and fun personality, Check out SacramentoWeddingDJ.com. You can also find Steve on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash Steve.Shown. That's S-C-H-O-N. Thanks, Steve. This podcast was originally recorded 14th November 2010. This podcast is part two of a two-part series where John Winger and I explore finding your spiritual being. We continue to discuss spirituality from John's perspective as a practicing druid, while exploring wider topics such as ego and materialism versus spirituality, the experience of spirit in human form, human frailty, the effect of technology on spirituality, and broader sociological and community impacts on self and spirit. the different stages in becoming a druid in a little bit more detail. Uh, so someone, again, uh, this isn't necessarily someone who was fortunate enough to be born into a family that is already practicing the druid faith and this child is raised up in this and it's something that is second nature or natural. Very rare indeed. Let's talk about someone who later on in life late teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, decides, you know what? I'm interested in becoming a druid. I've I've been online. I've been searching. I've been to a, a few pagan meetings, and I've read Celtic shamanism, and there's something about this that really draws my attention. It really resonates with me. What do I have to look forward to in my path of becoming a druid? Wow. I, I think that... First of all, you have to learn what the basic and the basics are. Each one of the different levels, and in my belief system, I believe there are these different levels, okay? Um, you know, I mean, Obad has the name right, Order of Bards, Ovids, and Druids. And so in that, you would start out as a student, and then you would work your way. You would learn, uh, at the same time you're learning all the different deities, and you're learning the stories, and you're learning the, the way to talk and the languages, and uh, because bards spoke 
multiple languages a lot of times. So they were starting at five years old because basically if you teach somebody Spanish at five years old, like it'll become second nature to them. Absolutely. Two different languages. Mm-hmm. Child's first three years, they make every known sound to every language in the world. Mm-hmm. So um, once again, it is, is, is important, but it's, it's not as important as... As I think that you have to, you have to, you find your base. So you find whether you want to go to ADF or OBOT or the Gwyneth, or you just want to be a private practitioner. It all came from one stem, from one thing, and and so I think it's important to learn the traditions and to learn the stories. And you'd be surprised the Celtic stories that, that lock in, and the Mesopotamian stories that lock in with the Bible. That were were the same stories are written thousands. Two to three thousand years before the the Bible came out with its story of of living a spiritual life, and if you and I believe that if you read the Bible and you it, it, it is a, it is a spiritual book. Um, it's just that you you want to learn your traditions, okay? Learn what you stand for. Learn what it is. Um, your, your pantheon, um, you're going to learn about, I think that it's important if you're going to be feeling about becoming a druid is learn more about your native plants in your area, uh, learn uh, more about the seasons and what, and what drives them. And and as you're doing this, you're going to, you're learning your histories. Okay. And that's what a bard is. A bard has, has, has several jobs. I mean, first of all, they're entertaining. To have a bard in your home, spend the night in your house, was like having the Pope visit. Okay, so so what is a bard exactly? Uh, well, the bards, they're poets, musicians, storytellers, um, the keepers of the histories. So in other words, when you first become a bard, because you're not a druid, you're, you're on the druid path, and you become a bard, you're going to learn... The histories, the stories, and all the tales, so that you can repeat them verbatim. It's like that playing that game in the room where you tell one person one word and it keeps going around, right? Yes. So you read these stories over and over again. You ingrain them. In my belief system, if you believe that you were came from a druid path, then the DNA, DNA is in your system. Your ancestors' DNA is in your body. You're made of the same tissue, the same uh, DNA, blood, all this kind of stuff is. Is, is if you pulled them out of the ground, you would, they would go, yeah, you're related to this person. And I think that information is relayed through energy. My brain works on chemistry and electrical power. So if I'm transferring information to you or anybody on this podcast, I'm using energy, aren't I? Yes. So not only am I using energy to create, to formulate the words in my body to work, to be able to speak to you, but we're using energy to power the microphones and the computer. All this stuff is energy. To me, that if you you buy into that theory, then you can now make your, your world becomes a whole lot bigger. And so the bards are, they would go from town to town and tell stories. Um, Let's say that someone came because someone had an unfair practice. They were selling cows that were dying three days after they bought them, right? And this is a problem. So, I mean, later on, the Druids were also the magistrates. And if somebody did somebody wrong, the bard could write a song 
this you know, satire. That's this is where satire came from. And if the bard sings a song about somebody, putting him in a bad light or a funny light or a poor light. Think about it, if you went from town to town and sang that song. Oh yes. It would ruin a person's reputation. You bet. Now they the bards were you had to be careful back those days because if you weren't a bard and you weren't involved in this, you you it somewhat it would be considered slanderous and stuff like this. But because of the the uh, respect that the people had for the, the bards and the druids, um, this was allowed. They were the one the ones that were allowed to do it. Um, so basically the bards is where you start from zero through learning histories and um, you're going to pick how you're going to do it. Are you a better poet? Are you a better storyteller? Are you a better musician? Are you better, you know, and then you will learn your, your, your part and that will be your part. Um, you then move into the Ovid stage, which is the, the prophets, the soothsayers, the healers, the diviners. Uh, you learn herbalism, uh, healing and divination. So when you're in your Ovid stage, you've now learned how to, you've learned your histories, you've learned your information. Of course, in the part in the beginning, too, you're going to learn all the names of the plants and the trees. And then you're starting to learn their medicinal purposes. First, you learn their story, and then you learn what they do. Okay. Um, so this is the, the, the Ovid is the is is that's when they start putting into practice some of the things they learned in the earlier stages, which means that, that now they are going out with their with their herb bags. Some of some of them it's it's kind of like if you're good at your your songs and these types of things, and that's what you taught to the you started passing this along to the people underneath you. If you're a soothsayer or a seer or a divining all these types of things. If that was your forte, then you, of course, you delve more deeply into these things. And so later on, you would become, when you become the druid, the druid is when you ties it all together. It's, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was about, it's about age 25 is when it was 18 years of studying. And, it, and, and usually it was around 25 when they would then become, they could become a druid. Okay, but it's not too late for somebody already 42 starting Absolutely at stage zero. <laughs> not. Absolutely not. And okay. it doesn't mean that you have to wait 25 years because you think about trying to teach a five-year-old a song or try, and, and then you teach a 25-year-old song. Yes. Of course, they're going to pick it up much faster. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Druid, you know, they were the advisors to rulers. They were the, the judges. They, they were in charge of all the ceremonies. They were in charge of all the, believe it or not, before it changed, the sacrifices and what would please the gods and what's going to please this they would um, they would often druids would often enter the battlefield first and sometimes they would actually negotiate a reason not to fight oh imagine that you know what I'm saying? actually so, talking about it and finding a reason not to fight absolutely I can think of some world leaders that might take some some note from that yes uh, oh absolutely Merlin. I, I just, I am so fascinated by this because, because Merlin, uh, you know, I'm just going to be real here. Merlin has somehow become this fantastical, mythical creature who is almost, oh, you know, the wizard Merlin. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, what, I was first introduced to the concept of Merlin. You know, I grew up my primary years in England, and so I'm very entrenched in English folklore. 
fairies and wood sprites and and uh, you know castles and knights and all of these wonderful things. And my first introduction to Merlin actually was through Excalibur and the story of of the Round Table and Merlin mm-hmm. as the the wizard, the the wise one who was counsel. And he was druid, which is which is really you know I mean which is really good because if you know Excalibur, although you know I mean it is. Uh, it was the stories. I believe there is based in truths, but I believe it's more than one person. It's, uh, it's more than one person. So Merlin isn't this uh, like Gandalf in in no. uh, okay? Well, actually, you so, know what? Yes. Okay, so yes, let's. He is, but, but Gandalf dies. Ah. So you think about when you yes. think about it, these people die, mm-hmm. and uh, they do. They did a lot of them live to exceptional ages, but the way that they ate and their their their. Um, uh, their use of herbs and and herbalism and trees and things was amazing, causing them a the much longer lifespan than the average person because they they lived healthier and they lived more spiritual. They didn't um, they didn't often didn't have to fight as hard for survival in life. So we're talking more about uh, a natural lifestyle uh, as opposed to we're, we're talking about naturopathy. We're talking about uh, alternative medicine. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. You know, actually, Merlin is is a, is a rank. Okay, it's not, not a person. It's not a person. It is a person. They are people, but it's it's the Merlin, which means that there's only one in the world at a time, which is the leader of of the Druids. Uh, let me back up for a minute. So, Merlin is a rank, mm-hmm. and it can. Represent many people, not just one person or one mythical my, mystical person from yeah. times gone by. There's only one in the world at a time. Does this does this cover all of the different organizations of druidry? I don't know. I do know that 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 uh, that, that some of the Obad that I've talked to um, do believe in the same system that I'm talking about right okay. now. Because they they that's what they get their name from. You're coming more from the Gwynethian. This is the Gwynethian. This, well, and it goes before that. It goes back to when it was just the Celts and just the Druids. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Before it was the Druids. That okay. There was one organization, but such as other things they put uh, off and due to persecution. Like Christianity. Right. And due to persecution, uh-huh. they were driven into secrecy. Driven into secrecy means that not as many people were, um, they weren't allowed to be as public about some of their rituals and things like this. So it's very, quite saying before is it's very tight-lipped if you if you, you talk to a native scott or a native um, ireland and i mean when you think about now you talk to scots they're part of the uk right they're, sure they're, well i don't know if they would all agree with that no but. no they don't <laughs> but england thinks so <laughs> as so, they would as they would <laughs> okay I, I have a little snippets here once in a while do, do you have a flag if, yeah. if you don't have a flag no I have the flag. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and there's te- there's stories, and there's there was a, the, one of the great ones, and I think that this was he was one of the ones that probably did advise um, one of the kings named Arthur was Talesland, and he there's some just beautiful, wonderful stories that to be told, and due to the fact that you know. I was not raised as a druid, and I've been learning my histories. I mean, I could give a brief account of it, but it probably wouldn't do it as much justice as, as if you read the poems. I mean, there's I'm still reading poems about uh, a lot of the histories and things I read are poems. 
And, and these were the these were the the oral histories and stories handed down. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. And even some of those are, I think, a, a bit a bit tainted. I mean, um, not to bring a negative light to things, but um, you know, you you talk. We I don't know if we talked about this before, but but Saint Patrick, who rid rid um, Ireland of snakes, which has no indigenous snakes, by the way, and had none. Um, he did so, from my understanding, is that he went through and he killed all the druids. That was the driving the snakes off the aisles, was he went and killed the druids. All the men, women, and children, if they're male child, they kept the male child, of course, they would use the women children to uh, strengthen their breed uh-huh. country. So, ethnic cleansing, and then... Yeah. And so, um, I think that that drove... Uh, that was one of the main things that drove it underground and, and drove a lot of the, the systems underground for a long period of time until most, actually until, you know, I mean, there were people practicing it, um, you know, through the centuries, but I mean, you know, with the witch trials, like all that oh, stuff. absolutely. You know, I mean, yes. They were, you know, they were just herbalists, a lot of them, you know. So it comes back to that we've lost, you know, it, it, to me, that part of that stuff is what the breaking apart of, of the connectedness of everything and everyone. I mean, all over the world is impacted. Yes. So but it goes back to, once again, we can, we can um, recreate these things again. We can reconnect them with the powers that be. We can do this. We have to, you know, we have to actively, actively, actively see it. Yes. So the Merlin, yes, who has the, the person at the moment who has attained the rank of the Merlin, yes, he's the overseer then of the Druid faith at that time. So is he? Is he? And you, is he sort of like the Pope? He is. Well, I don't like using Pope that often, but because <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. How do we? No, it, people have belief systems. That's all that matters to me. Well, in, in the in, in in the old days, yes. He was very powerful and very much revered, and you probably did not get to meet him or talk to him unless you were of a higher ranking station within the Druids or within the uh, the system of the government or the you know the king or queen or you know what I'm saying. Although he did, they did talk and they did go out and as a commoner sometimes to interact with the people, but the. Um, they were very busy, what I call um, helping to keep the weave or the fabric of, of life together. Okay. They were the ones that, that were kind of like that. They were kind of the advisors to the, to the kings and to the leaders of the Druid community and to this and that. And I, I think sometimes they just went off and did what they needed to do. I don't, I, I think that they didn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a position where they were set up in this big pedestal and there, there it sounds to me though like there was at least at that time some separation i'm sitting here listening to you and i can't help but think well that's interesting because you have this sense of separation almost like the catholic church you have the the merlin mm-hmm. who is only accessible by the few powerful echelon and the rest of the common folk don't have audience with him unless there's some certain special situation where in contrast you think about the buddha right who made himself he walked among the common folk i find that interesting well they 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 also did that that's what i was telling you sometimes they went out as not as themselves 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they went out and did things. They were do go out and do uh, rituals. They would go out and do meditation. They were there. They wasn't like they were too busy or anything like that. What the thing is 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 like the druid, or you know, it's like the world. We're all one organism, and each part has its 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 purpose to keep this body alive. And I think that. The Merlin was very embroiled with the gods and goddesses and with Gaia and with um, the universe. And, and, and the things that they had to share was you had to have a certain amount of awareness in order to do it. And then it went to the Druids and then it went to the Ovids and then it went to the Bards and then it went out to the people. It's not like he, he hid. Just, they didn't hide. They didn't, you know what I mean? But they were very powerful people. So you had to have some, because, I mean, that was one of the things that the originally the invasion, invaders, you know, the, the Romans especially, um, went after. Mm. They went after the Druids. They didn't sure. the Druids. They sure. this imposing figure across the field in this hood doing these weird things causing winds to shift, causing um, darkness or fog or all these things to occur. Would you want to kill them first? Well, I suppose I would if I felt threatened in any way. Yes. And the way I would feel threatened is my power or my 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 position is is possibly going to be usurped by this hooded figure at Stonehenge. But uh, and I don't really want to get into this tangent at this time. But I would. Uh, what I couldn't help thinking was that when the Romans came in. Yes, we know the stories how the Roman Catholics came in and performed ethnic cleansing genocide on entire indigenous oh, nations. And not only did they do that, they took the very pagan rituals that they spoke so heavily against and incorporated them within the Catholic religion. Yeah. Well, and in the beginning, I mean, when you think about it, the Romans were pagan. Yes. Absolute pagan. Fancy that. Yeah, very much so. Hey there, for you listeners of Transpersonal Radio. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I recommend you check out Crush It! Why Now is the Time to Cash In on Your Passion by Gary Vaynerchuk or Mindset! The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash transpersonalradio. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash transpersonal radio for your free audiobook. So, let's talk a little bit about Druid celebrations in a little more detail. We touched on it briefly in the last interview. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think of the Druid celebrations as the wheel of the year. Yes. Okay, and, and I wasn't sure if that was strict towards a Wiccan faith belief, but the wheel, the wheel of the year. The, the, the wheel, it was given that name later, but I mean, when you look at anything that's, that's you know, especially Druid, it's the circular. Yes, cycles. Yes. Not. And mm -hmm. so the year is a circle, and so it keeps going around and around and around. Okay. And so later on, the, you know, when they, you know, it was named the wheel later. Okay, so, so, so I'm going to use that term. We have the wheel of the year. And on that wheel, we have four major celebrations mm -hmm. that coincide with the seasons. Yes. And then within that, we have the four sub 
seasonal celebrations, for lack of a better term, from my perspective. So educate us. There are the four majors. Educate us Um, on on the idea of the Druid celebrations based on the wheel of the year. Of course, Beltane and and Samhain are probably two of the main main rituals. Those are my favorites, too. Why are they your favorites? Uh, because during this time, okay, we'll, we'll start with Samhain, which is the Celtic New Year, which is the time when the veil between our world and the world of our ancestors, or the dead, is the thinnest. And therefore, um, when you're starting off the new year, you're, you're, and when you, when you do a lot of the, the Samhain or Halloween rituals and things like this are all at honoring and speaking, to your ancestors. Yeah, and for those listeners who don't know, Samhain actually falls on uh, what? 31st. What, October. Yes. So what most people celebrate is Halloween. It's Samhain. Uh, and in Mexico, in Mexico, they, it's El Día de los Muertos, right, which is over the same right. time period, also going on to the 1st and 2nd of November. Oh, because the Azteca um, were also very much, which was, was very much down in there in the um, Mayans, too. Wonderful. We're down there. We're, we're very, very much. Those are, those are pagan. And they were like, and I mean, the Mayans especially were very much like the Druids. I mean, think of all the different places that, you know, I mean, and down in South America as well, you know, Machu Picchu. Yes. Those places that these uh, spiritual people uh, built, put the belief, you look, the belief system. Too beautiful. Beautiful. So, and I find that fascinating. It's true because El Dia de los Muertos and what you're describing it is the communion and celebration right. with ancestors who have passed. Mm-hmm. It's a time of celebration of happiness. It's a time of connecting with ancestors, with history, mm-hmm. and um, paying homage to and sitting with and communing with those who have passed on. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. There's an, And, you know, there's some interesting stories from each one. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll make up a brief history of each one for you that breaks them down quite a bit further than what I'm doing now. Now I'm giving you basically just the overview of them. Okay, so the overview, we'll start with Samhain because that is the the Druid New Year. Yeah, well it's the Celtic. The pagan Celtic Celtic New Year. Year. Okay. It's not it's that it was the time of the New Year. Okay. Because it was a it wasn't a, I don't think it was a religion or, or sect specific. It was more of a, a people specific okay. time. So, but that's when, yeah, so the veil between the, the world of our living and the dead, our ancestors is the thinnest. And so we do rituals and things that honor these uh, people. A lot of times in the sound, I'll, I'll put something out there that uh, is very close to my, my Grammy, which is my grandmother. And, uh, you know, she, I, I, I where she was, she was a head witch. Okay, she was um, comfort. She used food and herbs and teas and things to manipulate energies. And it was just fabulous. So I, I used it for something from her and my grandfather. And there's different people that I you know also that passed away. That I, although they're not, you know, we all are one. One. We're all interconnected. Yes. I I I, I use things. So that's when I use my altar. And I use and when I open my altar as as the druids of uh, my sect of the druidry does, uh, we honor the the, the the ancestors. So I'll often set up different things for them.
but the uh, the opposite of that is 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 Beltane, which is Tywin and Poopy, is the marriage of the god and the goddess. You know, maypole dance, right? You ever seen the maypole dance? I have. I I actually I was I was actually able to see a maypole dance in London, actually, uh, on a bridge. Right over the Thames River, ah. which I thought was fascinating. But please fill fill in for the listeners who aren't familiar with what that is. Well, Beltane is the is is the celebration of life and creation, and so it's 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 right there when all the you know everything's being pollinated. Yes, everything's happening. Springtime. Yes, and it's it's it it, it really is the time of procreation, and so I use that term because. Like I said, it's, it's 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 not it's you know it's birds, bees, flowers, trees. Yes, and I know I know listeners right now are hung up on what you just said a moment ago that the maypole dance is very phallic. So oh. let's so let's. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a celebration of the marriage of the god and the goddess. Yes, right? becoming one and creating the new son of the new year, which is oh, what's that? December twenty first, I think, was original uh, Yule. Christ's birthday. Well, well, there's some speculation the about that. There's some argument. We're going to leave that alone <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for the moment. But with Beltane, the veils the thinnest between us and the fairy folk. Okay. And and just... Playful frivolity. Frivol- frivolity. Yeah. So for people who are not familiar, just to give a very brief overview, the Maypole Dance is actually physically a, a very large... 12-foot pole yeah. that is... Um, Everybody brings a ribbon. Yes. So you have male, female, male, right. female, male, female. Right. And uh, they each have a ribbon coming down from this pole. Mm-hmm. And then they perform this ritual dance around the pole. Yeah. And males go one way, females the other. Yes. So there's an intertwining. Exactly. As they go down, it wraps around the pole and creates a very colorful yes. pole. And at the end, with the way that we've done the rituals, was two people were paid to represent the god and the goddess, and they would go up to the pole and when it got down there, they would weave them into the, the pole, creating the, the uh, you know, hand fasting, right? Yes. Hand, let's talk yeah, about hand, hand fasting, fasting, actually, and, as we segue. And two as well. I mean, think about it. They, they, that's what they're talking about. Is it's the communion between the God and the goddess. And it's, it's kind of like the consummation of the communion between the God and the goddess, creating, getting ready to create the new Sun, yes. Year, yes. Which exactly. Is Lou, which is the sun god. Lou. Yes. And so, so the the maypole commences in this beautiful physical culmination. Oh yeah. But it's also a very symbolic culmination of the marriage between God goddess. And as we dance, and our rhythms become shorter, shorter, we all come in and create one. Yes. Exactly. Um, from many, we become one. Yes. One pole. And you mentioned the term hand fasting, and I know there are many listeners who aren't familiar with that, but we have a traditional Christian marriage. Yes. But in the more pagan religions or pagan faiths or pagan belief systems, yes. we have something called hand fasting. Right. And it's and, and what that is, is, is what they did, you know, back in the day was, was when you hand fasted, it's a year and a day. Yes. So in one year... And one day you would come back and decide whether to make it a permanent. It's kind of like a one-year engagement. It's 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 lease with option to buy. Yes. It's not till death do us part from day one. No. <laughs> In which case domestic violence increases. This is true. Till death do us part. I'll take care of that. Yes. <laughs> 
So the idea of hand fasting. So yeah, the hand fasting is so they t- they will tie the, the the ribbon between the two of you. Yes. So it's and then in one year and one day you come back and you and, uh, it, and that's why traditionally you have one year to register your marriage. Aha. Uh-huh. If you get married, you can get married without a wedding li- or without a wedding license, right? Or the the. the well, I think that's true even today. And I mean, to a year to to turn it in and to make the yeah. marriage real. And even within the Catholic faith today, mm-hmm. you have a marriage that is recognized by the church, mm-hmm. and you have a marriage that is recognized by the state. state yeah. And even if you're divorced by the state, but your marriage has not been dissolved within the Catholic Church, you're still married. Yes, within their belief system. Yes. Yes. So, there you go. Absolutely. But so we've talked about Samhain. We've talked about uh, Samhain, which is in in the fall mm-hmm. or autumn. Yes. And then we've talked about Beltane, which is in the spring. Yes. So what about summer and winter? Okay. So let's let's go. Let's start out um, in bulk, which is in February, which is Bridget Bridges Day. Um, it's it's basically what it is is it's you you look through your life and you see what you can or cannot do without and so you look through and you separate out and say I don't need this oh I need this I, guess, I call it the spring cleaning yes where you you go introspection through, yes you go through and you because you, you're starting you're building a new you're building upon the new year I, I'm, I'm going to give generic terms some people that are very strict practitioners would. Probably have a bone to pick, but that's okay. Um, I'm being a little more generalized. Next one of the other ones, I will prepare something that that really does honor to these holidays because these are our Sabbaths. These are our holidays. These are embedded. These mean a lot to us. Although I make jokes or I make light, these are the things that, that hopefully drive me each year to become a better person. Beautiful. Okay. So... Uh, Imbolc is, is often celebrated with song, dance, uh, art. People show things um, at the Imbolc uh, celebrations that we do. People sing, dance, read poems, things they've built because it's, it's for me, it's a Bridget or Brie um, celebration. Um, and we honor her through our craft and our art and our everything because she's everything. Music, news, Poetry, the anvil is part of her too as well. So, you know, you think about this back in the day, each horseshoe was made individually for each horse. Yes. So this person was, I mean, you had to be an artist in order to do those things and to build certain parts of, of uh, wagons and swords and, and different things. I mean, it was very much an art form. So that, that's an, that's an honorary day for, for Brie. Um, there's Ostara, which is traditionally around March 21st. And um, Ostara is, is a celebration of rebirth. So, in other words, it's it comes before, um, it's right before Beltane. So, um, and thus the Ostara, Easter. Aha. Easter, Ostara. Mm-hmm. Um, celebration of rebirth. What happened? Christ was resurrection. resurrected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And thus, but, but the, the, a lot of the um, traditions that are applied to Easter, and once again, once I started, I would be going on for a long time. Oh, we'll revisit the eggs this. And the bunnies mm-hmm. and the things are all applied to each, each pagan heritage has its own take on those, but they are 
did come from originally from the, the pagan traditions. That's fascinating. And we will delve into that. All that stuff. In the future. Oh, yes, yes. Um, okay, and then we then came Beltane, which we talked a little bit about. Okay, and then there's Litha, which is June 21st through like the 23rd about approximately. It's the summer solstice. Ah, the summer solstice. Yes. And there's a difference between, I mean, there's the equinoxes, right? Which are equal, the day and night are equal, right? Okay. The summer solstice is 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 the time where the days are becoming longer. Okay. All right. So it's, so Litha then would be the transitionary period into the winter into, season. Yeah, yes. Well, into Litha would be uh, after, yeah, it's after Beltane. So it's, 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 it's the pre-harvest, I would say, would be the best way to look at it, is, is the pre-harvest um, celebrations to ensure good crops, to ensure the the potency of the god of the goddess because they're getting ready to create and they're getting ready for they they have to create the day for in order to be born right yes in what we call december okay so this is a time as it's uh litha is is it is a very fun time it's it's still good to have outdoor it's not too hot it's not too you know there's certain times and rituals that are just so much fun. Wonderful. A blast. And then there's, there's Lunasaka. We talked about Lun, uh, Lu, which is the god Lu. Uh, some people call it Yamas. Different, different, different names. Um, this is to ensure the good harvest. Okay. And so during this time, actually, Lunasa or Mavon, depending on how what your practitioner and your belief systems are, is the time when the, we, the, the god dies. He dies, but he's reborn through the goddess in Anuel. So it's the cyclical yes, nature. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah, Lunasa is so much fun. It's the it's the it's the it's the good harvest. It's, you've just harvested your one of your last like last harvested. You have one more harvest to go. Okay, but you you it, it's where you take all the stuff and it, and it's such a. Um, a food and, and, and libation type of ritual. The cornucopia of the harvest. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so that one, that one's pretty, like I said, it's, it's, you're honoring the god Lou. If you call it Lou, saw your honor, you know, obviously it's Lamas. There's lots of different ways of, of interpreting that one, and which I'll give you many more different versions later. And then in September comes Maybon, which is Maybon is 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 baby or child, which is the autumn equinox. It is it, it also is a time for um, celebrating final harvest. Okay. Because you Maybon's a time where you're getting ready to store things. This is where everything starts getting put into the storage cellars. This is where everything was uh, uh, salted or you know dry cured or mm-hmm. cured yes absolutely um then there's then there's in in october of course there is the, the Samhain, which we talked a little bit about um and then there's the winter solstice or yule mm-hmm. which is usually approximately december 21st with once once again uh so solstice is where there's the, there's the equality between the two between the two times so um which is the coming of the new new god the new god is born 
that sound familiar? Yes. Fifth or something like that. Huh. So I wonder what that is. Um, and yes, you're right. They were, they, you know, what I find ironic is that, um, is that the Bible was talking about the sheep lowing and they're, and they're, they're having babies. Yes. And, uh, traditionally the sheep were born in February or March. Yes. September, October. September, yes. And so they <laughs> some star charts, and some people believe September, some believe September, yes. <laughs> the true birth of Christ. Yes, I do. I yes. do believe that He was a true being, and then that He existed, that He was a prophet. Oh, absolutely. Yes, and and we'll definitely will new energy. Absolutely, He knew energy work. and we'll get into that in 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 the future as well. I do a great. I have, I have a great. Little write up that I wrote up about the, the why, why Jesus did druid. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear that. I cannot <laughs> wait to get into that. So basically, we, we're we've done another um, overview, and uh, this has been this has been wonderful because we've actually covered quite a few topics. And um, what we're going to be working into, what we're working toward is the actual lessons of Druidry. And so I just want to uh, let the listeners know at this time that we are going to start doing a series of podcasts that are directed towards the actual lessons Mm -hmm. of the Druid faith. So those that are interested in becoming a Druid, they will have another resource to, to be able to learn and grow within the Druid faith. Absolutely. Those upcoming episodes uh, will be hopefully... Uh, started here within the next, well, I don't know, <laughs> month or so. <laughs> but um, we will definitely be offering the podcast in the future, Druid Faith. I will, I would love to do that. I'd also like to to keep going to on some of the spiritual aspects. Oh, you bet. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's, I, I do some good teaching lessons and some good lessons on my point of view Druidry. Wonderful. So I, I also like to. I also like to be able to uh, delve into the realm of, of outside of that. That spirituality isn't always what you call yourself or who you are. It's, it is what it is. Yes, and in a future podcast, John, let's visit the idea of spiritual enlightenment. <laughs> yes. Big one. Big one. We're going to save that for another future podcast. So, um, again, John, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me tonight. And I want to uh, let listeners know how they can reach you in the meantime, before we have another podcast interview. If listeners want to reach you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, They can reach me at my email address, which is druid.ulanis at gmail.com. That's D-R-U-I-D period Y-O-L-A-N-U-S at gmail.com. Wonderful. And I will also make sure to put that email link on the website, Spiritual Lucidity, so people can find it there. And please feel free. If anybody, you know, I I know that sometimes this is set up so people can ask me questions, but please, if you have information for me too as well, I live for new information. Absolutely. The the interacting role of spirit and the the teacher and the student. Yes. So I appreciate your time. Appreciate you doing this with me again. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate it too. A lot of wonderful, wonderful information. And until next time, namaste. Namaste. Namaste.
Thank you for listening to Trans Transpersonal Radio. If you'd like to suggest a future future topic or be a guest, visit transpersonalradio.com. Call the hotline at 619-800-6057 or like our page, facebook.com slash transpersonalradio.